0: What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today, we're going to be answering some hot takes today from subscribers and listeners and also talking about how long the the leash possibly could be for Wes Unso Jr. this year. Let's get to it.
2: You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Good Wizards fans? I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right. So we just want to thank you guys for putting in your hot take uh comments for the upcoming season. We're gonna to get to that later, but um we're gonna talk about West Huntsville Jr. a little bit because you guys brought up Western the listeners, you guys brought up West Huntsville Jr. a lot in the hot takes. Um uh, also Josh Robbins just put out an article answering a mailbag and he talked about uh how much a leash, how much of a leash that West Huntsville Jr. may have this season. He said that uh, from his understanding from the Wizards front office that they what they've said to him or even hinted to him that unsell jr's job will will not be in jeopardy over the next 12 months or he hasn't he has not heard anything like that. he's heard glowing endorsements from the new front office, which is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to say good things and nice things about uh, the coach that is there. If they didn't, then they probably should have just let him go. Um, but what are your thoughts on West Unsell Jr? this come, up, upcoming season, do you think he could be on the hot seat this season? And h- how long of a leash do you think they could have for West on so this, this upcoming season?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I'm going to say this, man. Um, they can say whatever they want. I think he's got <laughs> one year to prove it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's got one year. Cause you know, whenever, whenever you have a regime change, you know, new ownership, new front office, they're going to evaluate. They're going to give you one year and then see where see where at. you know, last year, we knew what his problems were, the rotations, you know, a lot of we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But, you know, he had his limitations, you know, and, uh, you know, coming over from Denver, being a defensive minded coach, the defense wasn't always where it should have been. So, you know, he's got to make improvements, especially being the defensive minded coach. He's got to ring in the defense. But I know one thing we both currently said was we were very intrigued to see how you would do with a young entourage a team where you know the GM can kind of find the pieces for his system, and they're doing that. You know, Black Black defensive guy. You know, Denny's the defensive guy. You know, you're getting guys who can play some defense on this team. But he's got one year, man, to prove what he can do. You know, his name name can only go so far. You know, his, you know, his name is synonymous with the you know the success we've had with this franchise with the lone championship. But you got to perform. This is a performance based business, man, and he's got to perform. So, you know, they, they're they saying all the right things. You know, they don't want to create the controversy. You know, they're trying to show confidence. But, look, let's, let's be real. He's got one year. You know, he's got one year to, you know, try to figure this thing out and try to mold his team. Because if he can mold these young guys and, and get them into, the, you know, how to fit his system, man, then I can see him going forward. But he's got to show an improvement from year two to year three, man. He's got to because, you know, the issues he had last year, rotations, you know, situational coaching. You know, losing challenges. You know, not using challenges in the best, you know, fit. You know, he's got to show that up, man. You know, he's got to prove that he can be an NBA head coach. Because look, they, they got an assistant coaches on the staff, man, that can take over. You know, we, we kind of compare it to Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy, man. You know, you got a guy, you know, sitting in behind the wings, man, that he can do the job. So it behooves him to improve. But you know, they're saying all the right things. They're trying, they're trying to show confidence, I and mean, that's what you want to do coming in. You know, the new front office, and, then, and I get all that, but. No, you better believe he, you know, he has got one year to prove that he can be a head coach in the NBA. So, yeah, they're putting him on notice a little bit. You know, they're doing it tactful way, but he's got to show proof, man. He, this is his year where he's got to show improvement from year two to year three.
0: Right. Yeah. This, this front office, they're very professional. So, they're going to, you know, have poker faces and play their cards, right? They're not going to come out to anything, but their actions are louder than words, like you said, with hiring uh, David Vander, Vanderpool and Brian Keith, these are guys that are highly capable of replacing Weston Till Jr. Now, I think this year it may be a little unfair for him because it is, you know, rebuilding years and evaluation year. You traded away Bradley Billy, traded away Chris Dapps. Um, you did bring in Jordan Poole, who's a really good player. Kyle Kuzma's a good player. Um, but for the most part, you got a lot of young guys. You know, Denny Obvious, you know, in a contract season, you just had to Bilal. Uh, He brought in Tyus Jones, who most likely will be traded before the trade deadline. So the roster is just not really good enough to compete in a tough Eastern Conference. So we're just being honest here with that. So, you know, judging him on wins and losses, if you're going to judge him on wins and losses, yes, he's going to be fired. Really, if you if you judge him on wins wins and losses last year with a solid three that was supposed to make the play in or even the playoffs, you know, he failed at that. Um, So it's concerning to see, like you said, the defense hasn't gotten any better. It really hasn't gotten much better than Scott Brooks, to be honest, maybe marginally better. If that coming from Denver, where he was known as a defensive minded head coach or defensive minded assistant coach um, and, you know, blowing the leads, being up by 15 points. We led the league in that. uh, We we had eight uh, 15 point leads blown. We had back to back games. We're up by 20, blew those leads uh, up by 35 against the Clippers the year before that blew that lead at home uh, where the Clippers put their they benched their starters. And then they beat us with their bench. Luke Kennard hit a, hit a crazy uh, N-1-3. And, and then um, the locker room, tension, Montrose Harrell, Dinwiddie, uh, KCP throwing a punch, or Montrose Harrell having a fist fight with KCP in the tunnel, um, guys not getting along, Davies Berton's getting into it with Denny. He just had no control over the locker room. So his personality, I think is a, a good guy, a nice guy and all that, but we both have talked about, you know, can he be a leader of men? Can he get guys to buy in, uh, you know, You know, it's it's just been a question mark for him. I think he's he's more of a a a, know, I'm not gonna say a quiet guy, but he's kind of more of a reserve guy where you need that just that tough energy from West. And you know, we kind of just haven't seen it consistently for from him. Um, And he had a ten game losing streak one season as well. Now he had the crazy ten and three start where I was like, wow, we got we finally got a good one. And then after that, it just it just went to it went downhill from there. And we finished 35-47. So, um, overall, yes, he has been a disappointment. It's not all his fault. Some of the roster construction has been a little wonky and a little wacky. But, you know, you, you just look at the numbers there, the blown leads. We gave up 100 points in the paint to the Denver Nuggets. We got blown out at home by 41 against the Nets. Uh, he's just been on the wrong side of history a lot here uh, in, in Washington. You've seen this, the zone defense where he leaves shooters wide open. He doubles guys when we're not supposed to, doubling James Harden, leaving guys wide open. Um, doubling and letting Buddy Hill be wide open for the Pacers where we got blown out of home in one of the first games of the season. So it's just a lot of things that are, that are we see that he doesn't see sometimes where it's very frustrating. So um, I think, once again, going with your with your answer too, I think the lease is not long because they didn't hire him and they brought in two guys that certainly can easily re- replace him and possibly in the middle of the season. I think maybe I, – I don't, I don't think they'll fire him in the middle of the season, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they do. If they don't like what they're seeing, if they don't like the development with Blau or what they're seeing from Denny or some of the young guys, then they they may just move on. They may just move on. Honestly, in the middle of season, I, I I think they'll wait till the end of the year, and be nice because because of the the name thing. I don't think they'll fire him in the middle of season, but I I think the leash is very short.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you brought up a good comment, man, which was. It's not going to be defined by wins and losses. Look, we're not going to win many games. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd be very blessed to hit, to hit 30 wins. You know, it's gonna be he's going to be measured by taking control of his locker room. You know, mm-hmm. if he could kind of solidify himself as the head coach and saying, look, this is my system, this is my locker room, this is how we're doing things, and go from there, then I think he can have a longer leash. But like you said, it, you know, we said it last year, man, is that it's tough coming in a situation where – you have a mixed bag of, you know, veterans, solidified, you know, veterans and young guys where, you know, you're trying to compete, but then you're trying to, you know, get these guys, young guys playing minutes. It's just, it was a tough situation for him. So this is the time where he can kind of take control of the locker room and say, look, I'm the head coach. This is the system we're running. This is how we run things. You know, you set the pace, you set the standard. That's what I want to see from West, man. You know, you know, look, it's not gonna be based on wins or losses because it if we're going to do that, he's going to be gone by the deadline. You know, it's not going to be competitive game, man. You know, it's, it's going to be it's a rebuild. year one of a rebuild. So it's going to be, to me, in my humble opinions, that if I'm going to judge Weston still this year, it's going to be based on does he control the locker room? You know, does is he solidifying himself as that guy? Because that, that's the type of coaching you want. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, your Pat Riley's your Phil Jacksons. You know, they came in and they solidified themselves as the guy. You know, if you look at, you know, um, Phil Jackson he used to go for Doug Collins. You know, he came into a situation where you know, Duck Holmes was very popular because he got the ball in Jordan's hands. But he came in, he said, "Look, this is how we're running things. We're gonna implement the triangle, and this is how we're doing things. You know, you gotta be that guy, man. You gotta be, the, you gotta be that coach. You've gotta solidify yourself as that guy. And that's what I see from West, man. You know, I'm not saying you gotta be all in their face in front of the crowd, acting crazy, throwing chairs. <laughs> but you know, look, man, you gotta get into the guys, man. You have gotta set the standard. That's leadership. So you know, that's what I want to see from West, man. You know, going forward, I want to see him take control. You know, set the standard, set the pace, man. Be that guy. And I think if he does that, man, he can win the confidence not only of the front office but of the fan base, man. But like he's got to, you know, the name can only go so far. You know, he's got to, you know, if he want to go beyond his dad and be that guy as far as h- h- where he places himself in the history of this franchise, then he's got he's to make himself different than the previous head coaches. Because we've had a lot of head coaches who are like, no, uh, you know, kind of passive. And I like, know we need <laughs> a guy that's like, look, you know, either run, you know, like a baseball when you know, coaches get on guys for not running out to first base. You know, get, you know he's got to get on guys, man. Look, get down and transition. You know, last year you didn't see that. You know, guys, you know, lollygagging, taking the time, going down and transition. Nah, get in some people, man. Look, you need to hurry up. Are you going to be on the bench? And you know, especially <laughs> now where you got a situation where you got vets and you got young guys waiting in the wings, waiting to play. He's going to be tough on these vets. You know, let them show out. He, they're going to be benched because they're, they're, just, they're, they're just finding reasons to get these young guys some playing minutes. So, and that's where I'm at. He, you know, the success is going to be measured by him, solidify himself as a head coach in D.C. And then I think if he does, if he gets a lot of these guys on board with his system, you know, you could see him here long term. But, you know, just like Denny and a few guys on his team, um, the ball is in his court. He's got to respond from year two to year three. So, mm. you
0: yeah, and a lot of guys complain about pushing the pace. Is that something that he's finally going to let them do? He's going to let Jordan Poole push the pace, Tyus Jones. You got guys that can push and can run. Gafford. You know, he's kind of put Gafford in the doghouse sometimes. where well, Gafford hasn't played the best at sometimes either. But um, he has no choice but to play Gafford for probably 35 to 40 minutes now. Uh, and, and players haven't complained. And there's times where even that first year, where it looked like Tommy Shepard was running things and, you know, not letting West make decisions on rotations and playing time. His, his hands are going to be full because there's a lot of guys, they got to be showcased at first. So how are the rotations going to go? So there's a lot of question marks. We're both saying it's not about wins and losses, but how is the plants going to be divvied up? How do the rotations look the development? So it's a lot that's going to go into it for sure. But we're going to get to some of the hot takes that are about Weston. So junior. Uh, before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can get bonus bets on spreads, p- player props, over, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com locked.
2: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right. so all right, so I'm gonna put my Super Bowl bet in on the Commanders right now already, so I can get my uh, bonus bets every time <laughs> they win. You know, don't do it, man. <laughs> you know, I would just I'm gonna just, you know, speaking into existence. I'm going to <laughs> walk
1: towards the light. E. Don't do
0: it. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> we got we got to worry about Ron Rivera and Eric B right now going back and forth. So but we'll <laughs> we'll get into uh, some of the some of the hot takes here. So um, first one that stood out to me is from uh, Micaiah on Twitter. His uh, Twitter user, his Twitter name is uh, sadly a wizard fan on Twitter. So you can give him a follow. He said, don't know if this is hot take, but Vanderpool takes Wes Unsell Jr.'s job midway through the season and becomes head coach. What are your thoughts on that hot take?
1: I mean, he's pretty accurate. You know, there's two factors to look at. Number one, um, the front office, man, they're savvy, and they, they, they're they doing all the right things because they did this. They brought in assistance to can either do one of two things, either help him evolve as a coach or take over. You know, the, and, and that's they sent a clear message to West Unsell Jr., which is, Look, you know, we know that your name is synonymous with the loan championship. You know, your dad was the MVP. You know, your dad was, you know, he he held a lot of positions in his organization. But it only goes so far. He's got to respond. So, I mean, I think that, yeah, the, the, the writing's on the wall for Wes. He's got to respond because you got every aspect of this franchise been has been gutted out and they brought in new personnel. You got a front office where you have three guys who could easily be GMs of their own team. You know, so you got a high level front office. If you look at his coaching staff, they gave him the reinforcements to, you know, in in the brainstorming and the brain trust to have a really good coaching staff. So it it helps him. You know, you got guys who are going to be able to help him evolve as head coach, but he's got to respond. So, yeah, I think that he's right on with the hot take, man. You know, I think a lot of people um, have the same opinion as far as his fan base, which is, you know, you have the front office, you know, we got to get this coaching staff straight. So, you know, Weston said he's got to figure it out. He's got to figure it out. So, yeah, absolutely. Um I'm with you, you know, just like we were just talking about previously, man. Um I don't think he's going to be fired at deadline midway. I think they're going to try to, you know, be, you know, humble with him and fire him at the end of the year. I mean, getting fired is getting fired, but you know, <laughs> but I just unless they start out like 0 for 25 then he's ghost, man. But mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. But Yeah. It's just He's got to respond, and that's kind of what my take is on, you know, as far as what's so doing. He's got to respond because he has every tool at his disposal to be successful. You know, the coaches said, at the front office, you know, bringing in, you know, taking off bad contracts. They're doing all the moves. That, that they're giving him everything he needs to be successful. So now there's no more excuses. You know, he, there's no more. He can't fall back on, you know, the personnel. He can't fall back on any excuses anymore. You know, mm-hmm. he is in complete control of how long he's going to have a job here in D.C. So we'll <laughs> mm-hmm. see.
0: Yeah, I, I do think they want to be respectful, too. I don't think they want to fire him in the middle of the season. I think they, they, they do want to let it just let it play out and be respectful. Uh, his contract ends in the 2024-25 season, so that is uh, the season after this one. So he would have one year in his contract. I'm not sure if they would have to pay him out. They probably would have to just pay him out uh, for, for free since he would be fired. Uh, I, I guess not for free, but they would just pay him for not working, basically. Um, so Vanderpool, yeah, I, I think he would be a, a solid replacement. Did a good job with the Nets, did a good job with the Blazers. Damian Lillard loves them. McCollum, CJ McCollum loves them. So, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about Vanderpool. I I heard nothing but good things about West before he came here, too. I didn't hear anything bad, but uh, Vanderpool would be a good option. Keith, the other guy they brought in, Brian Keith, would be a good option, too. So they got two guys that are definitely looking over his shoulder for him and it probably could put a a lot more pressure on him as well as a head coach. But um, I, I, I I could see it happening, but I don't think it happens midway through the season, and Vanderpool he may be a guy that can connect better with the players than what um, West Elso Jr. has. Maybe Vanderpool has a stronger voice. Um, Brian Keith, Kevin Durant said great things about Brian Keith. He said he owes Brian Keith for his development. You know, maybe these guys are may they may have um, better resumes for developing guys. Maybe Denny, maybe they may have better uh, development and. In, in, uh, they could put better installs or better plays for Denny or or Blau or or Gafford and some of the young guys. So who knows? You know who knows. We'll see. I'm intrigued to see if these guys do get an opportunity to be a head coach in this league. So, um, but I, I'm I'm rooting for West. I really am. I want to see West do well. I really do. The odds are stacked against them, but no, that's that's a good that's a good hot take. I, I I could see it happening, but if I had to bet money on on FanDuel, I don't I don't think it would happen. I I, I think they're just gonna let him play it out. All right, so this one is from – I can either go to, with Dasan685's hot take or James Sheets243. They both have hot takes on West Unsell Jr. So I'll, I'll go with this one. This one was pretty harsh on um, on Wes. So uh, James Sheets243 says, worst move in 2023, retaining West Unsell Jr. He provides no leadership, is quiet as a mouse, and seemingly
2: doesn't know how to call a single challenge, not a successful challenge, just calling one. So what are your thoughts on that? Free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homeshef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homeshef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: <laughs> I mean I agree. He's, <laughs> he's right on, man. You know he's right on. He he's very quiet, very monotone. You don't really see him um get digging the players. Yeah. I mean look, this is this a is psychology behind coaches to do that, man. Um yeah. You got to dig into people sometimes, especially, look, because that lights a fire. You no, know, you can't be too passive. And that's why I said that I think that, in my opinion, um, one measure that we can kind of judge him is that, you know, Sullivan Fima is a coach, man. I mean, like you said, um, the previous two years, there's always an influence there. You know, he was never the number one guy making decisions. You know, if it was Tommy or, believe it or not, you know, Bradley Bill had a lot of power, had mm. a lot of sway. and And to a certain degree, I do think that, kind of causing the issue in the locker room because, you know, like you said, with the fights, you know, other players saw that, you know, and I'm not going to try to give any kind of love to Spencer did with him, but that's one of the few things that he said that was kind of on point. You know, the fact that, you know, a player should never be the loudest voice in the locker room to a certain degree. Now, I get a leadership, you do want a voice, you know, your leadership to be loud in the locker room. I'm not saying that, but the coach should be the loudest voice, always. And then you, you, your star guy is, your, is your, your, your Robin the Batman. But you, you never let a player be the, the top leader in your locker room because you failed. And th- and that's why Weston himself failed the last few years outside of, you know, his coaching, you know, the rotations, the bad challenges that he never really had the locker room. You know, it was always, you know, the, the veterans are fighting for minutes or, you know, there always turmoil. He has to go ahead and create his own culture. You know, I'm just like Ron Rivera, which with this, a whole other conversation, Hammers, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he's got to put his stamp on his locker room. And that's where, and that, that is what's going to give him longevity, here in DC, he's got to put his stamp of approval and say, "Look, this is my system. This is how I'm running things. Either A, you like what I'm doing, you're going listen to me, or B, find your way out." Especially the vets, you know, the vets are in a position where, look, you know, you got to roll with the system where you're gonna be on your way out. So, yeah, that's why I'm I'm at West, man. Is that the balls in this court? You know, these are great hot takes, man. They're right <laughs> on point because I mean, you know, he's <laughs> because he's so monotone, man, and you just you want to yell for him. There's been many game, games, man, where I'm yelling at the TV,
0: where I'm I'm West. I'm like, come on, man,
1: really? <laughs> We're walking back in transition? What are we doing, man? Right. So, no, they're right on. They're right on.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, Chris Miller, he did come on, and he did say that he, you know, dropped some F-bombs, uh, you know, against the players, yelling at the players after a game he, or in the locker room. So, Chris Miller did say that. Um There are times he yells, but, yeah, we definitely want to see him be have a stronger voice for sure, and. Uh, not let the, the players run the locker room. We saw that the first season. And then the late-game situations, too, just just giving the ball to Brad every time. I mean, there's other guys, on like Kuz is a clutch player. You have Porzingis who can knock down, who last year was knocking down threes. Porzingis at times was the best player on the floor some games. Kuz had some really good games, too. So you didn't just have to force feed Bradley build the ball and him dropping the ball off, the feet, off his feet. So that's where I thought West could do better. So we'll see how he handles late-game situations, this too. He's going to draw some plays for Jordan Poole. Draw some plays for Corey Kispert to get a wide open three. I never saw that. I never saw Kispert get some wide open looks for threes. They never – they just did a lot of isolation. I feel like West wasn't really creative at the end of the game. So that's a big thing too. But, no, I mean, uh, James Sheets, I mean, it's hard to argue anything he said. Provides no leadership, quiet as a mouse, and seemingly doesn't know how to call a single challenge. So, you know (laughs) – it's hard to argue what James Sheets has said. But, you know, like I said, I'm rooting for West, So we're going to wrap it up here. But we're going to get to the other Wes So Jr. take and some other hot takes in the next episode and some comments that Clay Thompson had to say about Jordan Poole. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. Once again, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell. We'll be talking about Jordan Poole on the next episode. Hell to the Commanders. I mean, hell to the Wizards. Sorry about that. I'm just ready for football season. Hell to the Wizards. Peace.